Oh, she's back. We haven't heard that sound in a while. That's been a minute. It's been a long minute. It's been a long minute. We have a, we have another guy with us. We're going to get this ball rolling. We got a lot of stuff to talk about and not a lot of time. So we're going to get right into it. Everyone, welcome to another episode of On the Chip. Oh, 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 oh. we're back. Oh, it's happening. Yes, CJ. Hello, everybody. Yes, I Say hello to the people. Hello, hello. Yes, I, I have survived through the winter. How have you done, Chris? We're not really through the winter just yet, but it feels like it. Up here in the northeast, we're going big in the gym. That's what we've been say, doing dude, in the you, off season. You were looking pretty good, man. I was just thinking, I was like, damn, yeah. dude, shoulders are showing up. His neck's like thick again, like yeah. you know, but not like with chins. It's just thick with like you know mass. It's, dude, it's good. no, honestly, the other day I was. I, I know it's complete. We're going completely off topic right off the fucking start. Here we go, boys. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I feel like I was it's going the gym, and I just felt like everything just like, and I'm like whole, like it felt good. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best feeling when all of a sudden just you're hurt so good. Yeah, but it just oh, yeah. all the time and it never goes away. And then you just realize you're getting older. <laughs> <laughs> but we have we have a third person with us. Let's not distract from that. My buddy it Mike, mean that CJ Mike talks is with us. CJ. Mike is there with us too. <laughs> Different third person. <laughs> He's even got a T on his hat. That's funny. For third. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So, Mike, yeah. tell the people who you are. Well, I'm Mike. I'm uh one of Chris's uh hometown friends, pretty much, if you want to call it that. Um, 25. Been going to NASCAR since I was like four or five years old, so I got quite a bit of background. So I'm along for the ride, and uh, we're gonna make this our official sponsor. Maybe, maybe this too. And yeah, no, maybe need, a little bit a, of both. You need a beer and a bourbon sponsor. No, I, I don't know, man. I came up here with one like in the present the presentation of the mug, and then like an unopened one, like you're supposed to do when you have sponsorships. And then you take this one, you smash it over somebody. And... I'm just drinking this straight out the can, so yeah. straight out the fucking oil can. <laughs> it's kind of the only way to do it. I mean, you can't put something in a container like that and then be like, "But you can't drink it out of that." Yeah. Why? Exactly. Not there's unless the reason, shot glasses are like cylinder. burns already right here. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> unless the shots are like pistons turned upside down in like a valve cover or something, I don't want it. Exactly. That'd so be a flight. Pistons and valve covers and all that automotive shit. We should probably talk about some of that stuff if we're gonna yeah, do we it should. right here. It's probably we a should. pretty good idea. You know, we had well, quite the off season. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people moved around, a lot of ch- places changed. But we have to start somewhere new in 23. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the NASCAR silly season that we had happen to us. Uh, let's get the big things. Kyle Busch to RCR. We learned that last year. Tyler Reddick was going to move to 23-11 in 24, but it ended up coming this year. Well, unfortunately, due to Kurt Busch's injuries. Like, those are just the first two to get off the bat right away. Like, those, what did you guys think of those when we first heard them? Oh, he's the biggest. I mean, when you hear Kyle Busch is going to RCR like that, I immediately suspect they will have success this, this season. I think you're going to see probably somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three wins, and then I think maybe one to two in the playoffs. I don't know that the championship caliber will we'll see how the season plays out, but Tyler Reddick's the one I'm more concerned about, if you will. Um, it's going to start to show whether Bubba Wallace gets faster or if he gets slower, you know, what Tyler Reddick's bringing to the team. I mean, clearly – you literally just kind of like Red Rover, two people 
they're the same team. I mean, it's still JGR cars, even though they're 2311. We'll see. I mean, you really did just a seat swap. So it's going to be really interesting. But I think Kyle Busch came out the winning end of it. I'll I'll say this an argument to seat swap, and that's this will be the only thing. They also took away their easiest shot to the pipeline too for Toyota. Yep, yep, that cost them a lot. So I, I was pretty surprised by it, but not at the same time. I mean, we knew Kyle Busch wasn't going to stay. It was pretty clear, and it was clear that they didn't want him to, unfortunately. So, you know, the the one that I'm extremely excited about before we move past that to go to Mike is. I'm saying this now because last year I called my shot and I was right. I said Joey Logano was going to win after he won the Clash, the championship, and he did. I think that Ryan Priest is going to be a real force to reckon with, make it to the championship four, and have four or more wins this season. Before we talk about silly season, I mean that. Ryan Priest is one of those guys that I have watched him dozens and dozens of times up here in the Northeast driving a modified. There's just certain things that that guy shows he understands better than a lot of people do. Man, I was going to get to him, but man, I'm going to shut up now. Fuck it, you said. No, I got to call my fucking shot. You're calling fucking shot, (laughs) (laughs) Mikey. I'm sorry. I I was going to, I was going to agree with the priest thing, but I wasn't going to say this year. I was going to say next year once Harvick left, because that's really going to give him maybe possibly the number one seat there. I mean, it it goes between him and uh, Briscoe at that point, doesn't it? Oh yeah, hands down. I mean, whoever's in that ten car is not going to get the same. And, I mean, how long could Alamarola be in there for? This year, next year? We don't know. I mean, there's two guarantees next year, the 14 and the 41. So, I mean. Yeah, that's about it. Then, what, you're going to bring Cole Custer back up? Oh, what's he going to do, run around 28th the whole season? Well, I mean, if he gets the four, he'll at least have decent maturity. He'll still run 20th, so it's not really. That doesn't mean anything. The number does not mean anything on the side of the car. That does not mean (laughs) a damn thing. It all depends on the driver and who has the crew to get it done. And not to mention who's got the ability to translate. And that's where, again, a guy like Priest, AJ Allmendinger, we, he's also back this season for a full-time mm-hmm. ride colleague. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun to watch. But those two guys bring the same level when you talk about a silly season, especially like NASCAR. It's only the second season with this brand-new next-gen car. The way that those guys are able to explain and translate, I know I said this a thousand times last season, it ain't shit going to change this year because it's the same game. These guys are able to describe what they're feeling inside of that race car to those teams and to those engineers to an extent that they are then able to take it and work with it. And that's where guys like Kurt Busch were invaluable. Kyle Busch become invaluable. You know, people that have transversed around different teams, why do you keep them at certain teams for a while? Why did Ryan Newman stay in the series for as long as he did going to every single team that there was for the most part? Because he knew how to tell them what they needed to hear to make the race car faster. And I think that Ryan Priest would do that where Cole Custer wasn't. And I think that you never know. A company like Smithfield wants to market somebody else. And, you know, Ryan Priest never looks like you like Smithfield Bacon. Like, no doubt about it, man. <laughs> if you get sponsorship fit. I think whichever one of these silly season drivers is able to get their crew really kind of riled up around them the most. Who's able to get everybody energized the most? That's going to be the winningest team for sure. Which of these combinations has the best show? You know, outside of the car. Yeah. Spend all damn year with these guys. <laughs> Thirty-eight weeks of the fifty-two this year, you're going to spend traveling with these guys. Mike, what what do you think of this silly season so far? There's two names we um, haven't mentioned yet. We're going to get to those in a second because they're going to be kind of competing against themselves, as you will. 
Yeah, I was gonna we'll get, get to, to them that in a second. I said that after I was gonna get to, I was gonna get to that after I said what I had to say. Um, I think Toyota's move to get Reddick is gonna be a big move. It's either gonna make or break him. Like Kyle Busch was a huge name to have, but it takes the drama aspect away. But here's the thing: they bring in Ty Gibbs, and it's like, oh man, it's like now you have a whole another demon. So it's like you pick your poison, you know. But bringing Reddick in, I think he's gonna be great for Toyota and the whole. 23XI and Joe Gibbs racing squad. Um, Kyle Busch to the eight. We seen what he did last week. He looked really good. He was the only driver to go from the front to the back, back to the front, which was really impressive. And he was able to use multiple lines. So, and he actually worked as a teammate. He didn't work like a complete moron, like normal where he didn't care and would just fend off his own teammate. He actually helped his teammate try to win. So that'll be interesting to see. My big thing is seeing what Noah Gregson does this year. I have very high expectations mm-hmm. for the man. And now with Jimmy Johnson and that team, I think that team's definitely going to be on the up. I'm not going to yeah. say they're going to make a huge step, but in the next two to three years, that's going to be a team to be reckoned with. You, Mike. I, mean, I think multiple I, wins. I, I look at it this way. You have Eric Jones, who's one in the 43. He did last year at Darlington. You look at that. You look at the amount of raw talent Gregson has, right? Then you also have to factor in, like you said, Jimmy Johnson being a part of the team. I already had Eric Jones kind of circle for a playoff spot this year. I'm not going to lie. Noah Gregson, with the help of Jimmy Johnson and Eric Jones being established with that team, you could see both Petty GMS cars in the playoffs. So you here's what we really need. Possible. What I think needs to happen is Jones needs to win outside of Super Speedway or Darlington to really prove that he's legit. And with Johnson being in the new next-gen car, he's going to be able to give information back to the team that maybe Jones or Gregson aren't quite familiar with just because of the experience Johnson has. I think it could be huge and helpful for the rest of the team. It's a totally you different – drop on my opinion next? Okay. He's coming back full-time. Next season, Jimmy Johnson you're on comes crack. back full you're, time. You're on crack if you think Don't that. Smoke Don't another bowl. Don't smoke another bowl. You. Hear me out, and here's why. You just alluded to it. I think he wants a crack at one season in this car. I have a feeling that after how he's responded through testing and everything he felt in IndyCar, and Chris, you and I talked about this at length over the last couple of years, everything that he just felt, you know, he's going to feel that again it, to an extent the way that he never has in the cup series. What he feels is the cup series is now going to feel like it's never coming back. Like you can't go back to the cup series. You can only go to a, a sports car series, a prototype like series level of downforce level of sidewall deflection in the tire. Like, you know what I'm saying? The same tire compounds. These are things that he's used to. I don't think a guy like Jimmy Johnson, and if you think I'm wrong, there's another seven time champion that did the same shit last year. These guys have it in their blood. which is why they're the greatest. They don't want to get rid of it. I could. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him. If not go full time, but whatever. That's what my gut tells me. But a larger presence. If he comes back season. for one season, he's coming back for more than one. Because trust me, he's out for blood now. He wants to win again if he's gonna do it. So, Mike, let me ask you this: If you just, I know we're gonna get into other forms of racing here in just a moment. Yep. But you know, where you love NASCAR, right? But you also love gaming. We also talk about sim racing and shit like that on this podcast. Like it's the thing that a lot of people have to having some sort of a, a familiarity with what you're watching on TV. We've driven with us tons and tons of times. We've driven all kinds of different shit online. You go from what was the cup car that they have in Forza 7 and they've had for the longest time to now driving something that's maybe one of the newer set of Corsa games or even one of the newer prototype cars that's in that game. 
the way that that responds, right? Imagine you can't go back. What would you think of if, if that level of control was what you had coming back to the Cup Series, if that was more like what IndyCar and IMSA offered, but what NASCAR went that direction? I mean, it gives a totally whole new look on the sport. You know, it totally changes everything. Like, it doesn't change everything, but it does, if you know what I mean. Like, it, it just gives it a whole new dimension. Like, just it, the whole car is totally different, and I, I don't know. I just feel like could be something interesting to watch. I don't know. For him, at least. I mean, he didn't come in and buy part of a team for no reason. So, I mean, he's... Yeah, that's the truth. That wasn't a small I mean, investment by any means. <laughs> no, that is the largest investment you can make possible to get into this sport again. We've now so, seen, what, three or four guys in the past couple of years get in on it? Yeah. Buy part of a team? I mean, I mean and, the, and the way... I got, I got to point this out. The way they worded, or him and Gordon, you know, worded that commercial... Because I don't know if you guys saw it, but I saw it. The way they worded that commercial about Jimmy running the 500 and the way, you know, he like he didn't he didn't he didn't throw shade. He acknowledged what Brady did. Maybe CJ's on to something. CJ just might be on to something. But there's CJ a lot of on to, to have, too, because we, we do got we do got some stuff to get through here in the rest of the in the rest. Of if the you thought this was mind blowing, that's not anything compared to our lovely, lovely Formula One friends Jeez all over the Christ. world driving to survive in through turn one where the Americans are waiting. We've got They're... our legs open. Past the tunnel. <laughs> Come through. Four going to Red Bull and Andretti wants Cadillac. This I'm is awesome, man. What, what is it? You told me to smoke another bowl and I did, and I woke up and this is what happened. Like, what is happening with Formula One? So, okay. So, let, 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 let's get let's get the basic ones out of the way. Fernando Alonso moved to Aston Martin because, you know, Vettel retired. Sad face. Um, Very sad, sad scenes from, from this. From this you ever watch here. It's Always Sunny? You ever hear this, the episode of The Dennis System? And then Mac later on says he has the map. He goes in after the girls that Dennis has dumped afterwards. Gets in his wake. So it's in your wake, man. It's called the map. Move in after completion. <laughs> Sorry, continue. That's, that's about what Alonzo's doing here. I mean, if we want to look at it, Seb kind of is, is starting. He started to put the, you know, blueprints in. Hopefully Alonzo could do some more with that. That's the easiest one. That's the easiest one to get out of the way. He wanted out of Alpine. He got out of Alpine. He went to Aston Martin. Someone else wanted out of Alpine too. And that turned into a complete dumpster fire there for a few days. Oscar Piastri moves to McLaren where everyone thought he was going to go to Alpine and then he didn't. And there was almost a legal battle that happened there because it almost happened with someone in IndyCar too. And that almost got really ugly, but that didn't happen for them yet. Uh, I was curious what that team IndyCar was that you were talking about, but uh, and I remembered. Look, <laughs> 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 <you>, Zach Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 that's an interesting one, huh? But uh, so Oscar Piastri, he was in line to go to Alpine. Then he doesn't. Then he goes to McLaren, and then Alpine's all like, "Well, no, you're under contract." Blah blah blah. And then Piastri's like, "Well, no, our contract expired this day, which was yesterday. So I'm with them now, to you guys." And that's what happened basically there. And where Alpine was like, "All right, well, we need another driver now." And then we're like, "Hey, yo, other French dude that's in the F1 paddock, you want to leave the Red Bull ca- or family because you know you're never gonna get back to the Red Bull team." 
you should come to Alpine. And he was like, okay, let me do that. Pierre Gasly moves to Alpine. And, oh, um, isn't like, aren't, aren't him and Ocon, don't they like hate each other? And now they're going to be they teammates. Do. Yeah, that's a great idea. Good job, I guys. Watch it all burn. <laughs> they said it would be fun. They said it'd be fun. Everyone grab fun. their popcorn. Holy shit. Popcorn is your fun. Let's see. What's 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 the main goal in F1 as a driver outside of winning the championship each year? Get laid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. With all the money they have, they could get laid by the, whoever the, they the, want. Let's be the uh, the the um more more family friendly one. What's that goal? All right, you're blanking. Beat your teammate, who is also happens to be your biggest rival in the entire field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're 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 certainly onto something. And I think that the one thing that really just in this off season made me really uncomfortable is now this is the second time in all seriousness McLaren has come up in something like this. You know, there's certain things that you you just now cannot trust in the world, like Firestone tires on Fords. I don't really trust those anymore. <laughs> Bill Cosby would never trust those. Anymore. <laughs> a McLaren contract writer is clearly like just a grenade being passed to you that with the pin missing. Like, <laughs> why is this happening for some for a company? But in all seriousness, they've talked about building their own powertrains when things switch over in the upcoming Formula One um, powertrain regulations overhaul. No, they're McLaren, not. No, they're not. Now they're looking at getting back with Honda. If they have to. And this is what I'm saying. Why? The talks are happening already. That's the thing. Talks are already happening there between the two. Riddle me this then, right? The reason Ford and Red Bull makes sense is because Ford isn't doing anything with Red Bull except paying them. They're infusing them with money to continue doing what they're doing so that Ford can put their name on their. This is what Red Bull themselves had said. They're going to develop the engine together. They'll develop the gearbox, the hybrid system together because Red Bull wanted to be their own chassis and engine constructor for the longest time. They want to be Mercedes, right? They want to be a Mercedes. Mercedes is acting like a Mercedes. They build their chassis, they build their engines. A Ferrari builds the chassis, build their engines. McLaren was talking about becoming one of these great teams. And then instead, the two arguably best drivers that you have going forward on your team on both sides of the ocean, you know, internationally, you fuck both of them. Like you fuck both of them royally with the, just these small semantic type contractual agreements, and it's the same team. And and you want to know something crazy? Uh, one of those guys that you happened to fuck over, what did he do? He went back to Red Bull. He went back to Red yep. Bull. Yep. And you know it's funny I... as much as as much as I respect the hell out of Checo Perez. He might as well be the third driver there. He's going to be racing every Sunday, but he might as well be the third driver there. Yeah. And I think that Sergio definitely has some obvious newfound respect coming towards him from Max Verstappen, hopefully after some of the comments he made at the end of last season. But even Checo, I don't think Checo's safe. I don't think Danny Rick's done. I don't think a team like Red Bull looks at somebody like Daniel Ricciardo. They look at Checo and they're like, all right, this year you do good. You stay. If not, Danny Rick, you're in the well, car. We don't care if you're a This is a make or break for Checo this year, huh? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. What's that? Is it a contract year for him, too, or no? Contracts it don't is. mean shit I in believe. racing. Contracts I don't believe. mean shit in racing. Well, fair, as we just saw with McLaren. But what I'm, to answer your question, <laughs> like, I believe that this is he was in a one-year extension for this coming year. Yeah. They picked up the option to keep him for the extension for this year. Because when he first came in, what, two years ago to Red, three years ago to Red Bull? 
It was uh, a two-year contract with a one-year option. 21, he started with them. So it was a two-year contract with a one-year option. So 21-22, picked him up for 23. Yeah. So let's see. What do you uh, think Perez, his contract, he is, he is extended through 24, but that does not mean anything. He could end up being a third driver there by that point. Good. And I'm not going to lie, I'd love to see teams expand to three cars, but that's a different argument for another time yeah. in Formula 1, I suppose. Speaking of having three cars per team, though, could you imagine a world where you can have a roof over your head and race for 24 hours at a time? Because it exists. Ooh. And for this is what I was most excited for this offseason, you two. Like, this is what I was really, really excited for. IMSA is back, baby. The Rolex 24 oh was God. awesome. And GTP is giving me, like, a 1986-size boner all over again. It was <laughs> so good. I wasn't alive was, in 1986, so by the way. Everybody it, was, <laughs> it was one of the best Rolex 24s we have ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I can like watch his hands shrink as he does that. It's funny. <laughs> it was so bigly huge. <laughs> <laughs> we sprayed it all with Lysol. It was no, the best in all seriousness, to... <laughs> the 24 was an absolute banger. 10 out of 10, year in, year yes. out. They know how to get that thing done. Where do we even start with Emza? I mean, to, to, I think surmise to for this episode's purpose, it's not really a silly season so much for IMSA, so much as it was just a true get back to their roots of what it was. Taking the DPI formula and what they initially tried to test, DPI versus hypercar at Le Mans, DPI became way more successful. At one point, Nissan, it was Nissan, uh, Cadillac, Acura, Mazda, several other manufacturers at first tried DPI and then left because they weren't sure it was going to gain traction and you couldn't race them at Le Mans. GTP, you now can. LMDH is what GTP's formula is for all of our friends that love the international motorsports and love you know, FIA, you know, World Endurance Championship Racing. I'm sorry, but Le if Mans, you love FIA, you're crazy. You can love WEC. You can love WEC. Love WEC. You could. But if you love, the, if you love FIA, uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> and here's why. Because hypercars <laughs> failed. Hypercar is clearly not the right formula because it's way too expensive and they made the racing a little bit worse, to be honest. LMDH, and uh, here's another bold prediction. One of these LMDH American teams is going to win the 24 hours of Le Mans this year overall. Yeah, because be what they're 56 car. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think that Garage 56 car will actually do fairly well. But again, with GTP opening back up the regulations, one of the weirdest things, though, about this whole deal. So you now have a hybridized system. The way that they have the hybrid system set up in the back of the car at the transaxle is incredibly obscure. It's a very out of the box kind of thinking way that they have everything set up. And what it did was it created traditional manual brakes with a master cylinder and you know regular old brake pedal pushing yeah. fluid out to pads to get the front wheels to stop. The rears, though, are fly-by-wire. They are electronically controlled. So just see, like, dancing between that, you have Porsche is back. BMW is back. You know, Cadillac came back with a badass car, and so did Acura. And there's more people the coming. so coming. good. The Cadillac sounds so good. Lamborghini is coming. For- and you know what I can't wait for? Because, you know, I am not biased whatsoever. When um, Peugeot bring that fancy, you know, LMDH card that they have over and it gets rebranded and has, you know, those two racing stripes on the front of it. We'll hmm. see. I don't know if Stellantis will let them do that, but well, it'll be interesting. They're going to have to because if they want to race IMSA, they have to put a manufacturer that sells X amount of cars per year in the U.S. in the field. There, or it's going to be Peugeot. 
they don't sell in the U.S. No, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. going to have to start selling Peugeots here, which I don't want. <laughs> they're just, they're just going to slap a Dodge emblem on there and call her a day. Suppose you could call it an Alpha, but that'd be quite a stretch. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a major stretch. I don't know if they even sell call it a VAG. Just oh. put VAG on it. Like Porsche should just have a generic brand now called VAG. What are you talking about? They're rough. No, I'm kidding. Let's not, let's not piss off that car group. <laughs> I was happy to see the Rolex 24 come back, though. It was cool to see Michael Schenk get the win again. I, what do you think, Chris, as far as the sounds of the four of them? Which one is your favorite for the DPI oh, cars? Well, I'm I'm an American, so you know what I'm going to say. But uh, so it's more, more basically like the second one that I think sounds the best, which in all honesty, I got to say was BMW. I was going to say I'm torn because the Cadillac sounds very NASCAR, just loud and oh, in your face, yeah. like what you want to hear, yeah. you know. But as far as the overall sound, the Porsches sound great, but I think they're just a little bit too muffled by turbo noise. The BMW's yeah. onboard truly sounds like an old school DTM car with just a little bit bigger displacement, you know. There's a little bit less advanced cam timing in it and a little bit more rasp. You got to remember BMW and Porsche both have the turbocharged V8s. To where Acura is the only one in the GTP field that actually is running a twin turbo V6. Do you know what engine that is too, by the way? The one the one, one in the Acura? Yep. I read it earlier, but I completely forgot since I was reading it. That is the proposed IndyCar engine for 2024. Hmm. They are actually using that and detuned it to run 24 hours. They're using it for stress testing in that car. Marshall Pruitt uh, with Racer Magazine is where I sourced for that one. Um, he explained it. That, that that was as they were using the testing to start to introduce hybridization to IndyCar, the 2.4 to the 2.2 liters, that's where that engine comes from. So if you listen to some of the, the drive-bys and the onboards, it's, it is almost eerie like an IndyCar with a roof. That's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on in the next year to come, basically. So... That's gonna be that's gonna be obviously huge. That's that's something. I mean, and obviously Chevy's gonna have to work on that too, if they want to stick around in IndyCar, which obviously they're gonna to want to. Right. I mean, right. I'm sorry, but when the guy that owns the damn sport is also powered by you guys, yeah. Right. And not to mention, they scrapped the whole idea, and that's what gave them that gave Acura that engine to work on in the first place. This is the stuff in the silly season to all everybody listening while we're rambling on about this, because these are the important things that we kind of alluded to last year, wondering where these dots connect, and now they have. You know, it's, there's there's often times where everybody wants to go hybridization or they want to go electrification, but it's really just about how can you supply that change, and you have to have buy-in. And Honda and Chevrolet have both said we're not footing the bill for this; you need to find a third manufacturer. So IndyCar is certainly in a difficult spot now because for the two of them to unify and say that Roger Penske has been kind of shown the hand, you know, this is yeah. cards out on the table. This is what you got. Figure it out. Yeah. So we'll, we'll really see. Definitely in the worst spot out of like the four major sports that we cover here. They are yeah. by far in the worst spot. And I, I think this is their, Roger's first real challenge. One of their uh, lead teams is looking to venture into a bunch of other stuff here. That's the scary part. Mm. Mm. We're mid-pack in IndyCar. We should expand to everything. Yeah, yeah. As if they haven't mid expanded to everything aside from two. There's just two sports shy. Now the question really comes, can they do it? Can Andretti, 
well, they they can get into F one at some point, but can they really get into NASCAR? Who? So I I what, what floated this. Are they going to go with? What are they I floated go with this. Toyota and piss off Honda. Are they no. going to go with Chevy and piss off Honda? Well, but here's the thing: a lot of people think that's the case. But then why is Roger Penske running Ford and NASCAR and Chevrolet and IndyCar? Why is Chip Ganassi running? You know. Cadillac in IMSA and then Honda in IndyCar. Like th- those, th- those lines, they don't care. They won't cross. I think with Andretti, the bigger thing with F1 to bring Cadillac, that's massive. I think that's in and of itself a huge, huge like accolade to why they need to be there now. You're bringing a whole new manufacturer. They want to build their own powertrain. Like mm-hmm. they don't want to just rebrand what's there. They want to have their own like actual powertrain of what is their own design. But with NASCAR, I don't know. Mike, you tell us. Of all the teams right now for 2023 lined up, which ones could you realistically see selling a pair of Chargers? That's the hurdle, isn't it? Yeah, um, mind you, mind you, two Chargers right now is about $30 million. I could see JTG possibly saying piss on theirs. I mean, that's option one. After I mean, that, I mean, it's really tough. I mean, unless Stuart Haas decides to go down to three after this year, once Harvick and I think I have a, a, a trick question that I just I, answered. I have, to you. I have one that I'm going to ask after you do, CJ, because this one's really going to throw you for a loop. I think. Well, I think so too, but I think it's almost kind of a trick question because it's pretty clear they don't buy their way in. They buy someone who's already in. Andretti XXX in whatever or whatever whatever butt fuck suck racing <laughs> with andretti autosport like do you know what i'm saying like it's all with andretti autosport they don't andretti autosports only team is indycar right now that's really their only team like wayne taylor racing with andretti you go into nascar i think it's almost even more of a given who just needs to have some money pumped into them right now to be like okay andretti track house Trackhouse has a lot of money behind them. They got a lot of money behind them already. Ooh, but that's what I'm saying. Who? That's who Andretti's going for. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to go off on it, but Chris, no, I'm because I'm going to throw, I'm gonna throw you for more of a loop here. I'm going to throw you for more of a loop here. So we've talked about Red Bull partnering up with Ford, right? Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does Ford need more than anything else in any other motorsport right now? More presence in NASCAR? Yeah. 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 Let's bring in our F1 partner who happens to be the biggest energy drink company in the world and get them to come back to NASCAR. You think there's an Andretti Red Bull? No, I'm not saying an Andretti Red Bull. I'm saying a Red Bull team with Ford. Bye-bye either front row or Rick Rear Racing. Hello, Red Bull. I could see it. But, but, but let me push it back to you again. What is the appeal? What's the, what's the buy? I'm an executive at Red Bull right now, and I'll give you that you're $25 million to start up for primary sponsorship. You want to take over America over Monster? Yes. Get back in NASCAR. The age demographic is coming down. Your target age demographic is getting younger. Which is under the age of 30. 
Yeah. And, and I, I could certainly see where you're going with this. I just, when it comes to Andretti going to the Cup Series, it's going to have to be a big shakeup. Oh, Trackhouse buying out Red Bull and Ford. Shit. Red Bull and Ford would piss on Andretti. Because Ford's going to go, oh, hey, we're sup- we're helping you out in F1. You can come help us out in NASCAR. And they're going to go, there. Got you. <laughs> and I think it could really help. I mean, the thing that I also see when it comes to, especially Red Bull and Ford, and I said it earlier, and I really mean this, Ford is not building shit. Ford made it clear, we don't want to build a damn thing. We don't want anything but to maybe steal some of the tech they're building, but then just give them, like, metric pant loads of money to just be like, here, do whatever you guys were already doing. Why did Honda do so badly with McLaren and then go back-to-back world championships, probably going to go a third world championship this year with Red Bull? Because Honda let Red Bull do their thing. And Honda worked with Red Bull. Likewise, Red Bull worked with Honda. You know what I mean? They're a good team. They're a solid team. Mm-hmm. And I think that where that falls a little bit flat with Andretti is Andretti doesn't seem to do well at building from like the ground up. He no, seems he to be doing well at kind of like Roger Penske did with the Fiat Supercar deal, jumping in somewhere that's already kind of up at the top, and then what can we learn and then eventually buy out and say we built? The thing is, what what who who's going to give up their name? Because Sauber, they already partnered up with Audi. Ford is with, or sorry, Red Bull and AlphaTauri are with, oh... Here we're going. is going to sell. Haas is going to switch to Ford. It's possible. And, and this is the fun part. Wait, hang, on, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because you, you got to look at it this way. In 2026, in 2026, we're going to have Ford versus Ferrari 2.0. This is true. This is true. You think, you think, you think Ford, who perform or who power and do everything for Stuart Haas Racing, are going to allow Haas F1 team who do a lot of stuff with Stuart Haas racing. When you actually look at what they do on the American side, you think they're going to let them be powered by a Ferrari powertrain? I I don't think so. And I think that even funnier than that, you know, if you think about Red Bull going to Ford, what Haas has to do, I could absolutely see Haas not only selling out to Ford, but truly becoming like a works team, like a factory team. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm the, the gears are turning it. today, boys. I the see gears it. Gears are turning today. But now, like, well, and I, I do raise you one, one more, yeah. not to be like a you know playing semantics with you, but we actually don't even have to wait that long for Ford versus Ferrari 2.0 if you want to be technical. Ford's Mustang GT3 will be debuting next year at Le Mans, which long as well, actually, technically the 488 GTO, um, I believe it's called, is their new Ferrari's new GT3 car, has already debuted in the Rolex 24. But dude, what a good looking car that thing is. What a blast from the past with the styling on that. Oh, yeah. Great looking race oh, car. Yeah. We'll get oh, that yeah. next year at Le Mans. But so let me ask you this too. And Mike, I know that you'll maybe have some background on this, but Chris, I'm really interested to hear your take on this. Let's shift over to IndyCar. With IndyCar, Ford made it clear back in the day that they would never go back. They, Ford will never go back to IndyCar, especially after the split, because it's a dumpster fire they want nothing to do with. But now you're going to Formula One. What does it take? And let's talk about IndyCar. We're trying to focus to IndyCar. But what does it take to get Ford back to IndyCar? 
Stop. Is there a Chevy Honda missing? Can we just say they want a third manufacturer? Stop being a spec series. It takes it takes away Jackson. every single it takes away every nook and cranny of competition that has built IndyCar to be such a great on track series. The the having it be a spec car essentially outside of what your shocks and yep, I think damping and uh, I think damping is the only area yeah. that's allowed for development. The actual yeah. damper themselves and the springs themselves are not included in that. And you, you see can't that have because the, because the biggest teams in the sport have the most money behind them, so it's easy to see that, but. Outside of that, you can't keep those their shocks. Whole lot. You can't do anything. Honda and Chevy are stuck building the same exact motor as each other. They might as well just put a generic motor in the car. What what what's what's what incentive does any manufacturer have to actually coming and joining IndyCar? They don't. So Mike, now let, let us ask you again. As somebody who has, you know, claimed again being predominantly NASCAR, you watch Toyota come in, you've watched Dodge come in, and then Dodge leave again. What do you think? Having that manufacturer representation, yeah, it's nice to know that, like, oh, there's three different cars in IndyCar racing. But as a fan, like you just said, that I know you watch IndyCar, and I know you follow it well enough. What is it that you feel is missing that's making IndyCar struggle right now to bring in more attention? Because this is about fans. Like at the end of the day, we're not really as much experts as much as we are just really educated fans. He didn't hear me, did he? <laughs> yeah, that was for you. Yeah, that was for you. Honestly, let's go look back at the early two thousands. Look at all the ovals they had and how many people were attracted to like those. I know there's been yep. circumstances, but like that's a huge hitter. Going from what four we have four or five now to like all the mile and a half, and then you got Michigan and well, Auto Club's a goner, but I mean those are just a couple examples. Um, so you else? think more ovals would make it more? I mean that kind of makes sense. I don't know why I didn't even think of that before I asked that question. I don't know why I was expecting a different answer. And NASCAR fan would. Chris and I also talked about a possible rotating like street course between. I don't know if this would be for just NASCAR, but between like. Say the Chicago road course works out, maybe send them there. Put take them to bigger venues like New York. The street course in Miami would be maybe something that could eventually work. You got Detroit, which is huge, being right in the Motor City, literally now. Chicago, like we talked about, just places like that. You got to have like the big prime you, cities. You can't you can't do these clash events. You have to you have to actually be in the city. Like you have to be on the streets. I agree. I yeah, mean, I... IndyCar, IndyCar is in Long Beach. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. They're in St. Pete, but St. Pete isn't isn't Miami. No. 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 And they, they definitely, I mean, I really hate to say this. I think IndyCar could benefit more from a clash type setup than NASCAR ever could. Because not only is the spectacle going to be greater, but it would it would be exactly that. You know, I think IndyCar would at least need a half a mile and not a quarter mile. I don't mean the exact, exact layout. I just mean yeah. utilizing a stadium, utilizing something that's already there to to draw fans in and have a, a already at, made attraction. Look I at mean, what look at X this. Games. Look at what X Games used to do for the for the rally cross. They used to go I watching. Up and around. I was watching that the other night. Up and around the 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 Coliseum. I was watching the 2011 X Games Rally Cross through downtown LA. That track was sick. That's the kind of racing that I loved as a kid. Then I watched 2010 and 2009. 
uh, rally yeah. events. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that you're right. Like that's what makes it a novelty. You know, but with IndyCar, obviously we can't jump IndyCars and like take them on the dirt and then, well, I guess we could because NASCAR did it. And I really do believe IndyCar would have fun in the dirt. But either way, how do you make IndyCar uh, a spectacle like that again? I how mean, do you like, look at Nashville. Look at Nashville race might be a bit sketch for them. <laughs> CJ, look at Nashville for IndyCar, though. Look at how many people they attract with it. Like, they make it a whole ass. And that's a great venue. That's a fantastic. That's a huge venue. That You need another venue like that. You need another knockout the park. You need Miami, like I said, New York, Chicago, Boston. L.A., one of those. I was just going to say, I wish that they would revisit the Boston idea because I really think that would be a hit here. There's so many, like, high-end, drive-to-survive type people that would see IndyCar and be like, is Max Verstappen in this race? <laughs> they like, no, no, they is, car, no you, watch him, you watch him like almost die in the first season grosjean's in here know. you they watch him literally you watch him literally be caught on fire you know Man, was so, i have to tell you too one of the cool things that happened this offseason i was in las vegas completely like without any oh, sort yeah. of planning or yeah. really this just happened this is just, just the most coincidental thing that ever happened in my life in las vegas right now formula one is the only thing that they will talk about but also, it was SEMA going on. And with SEMA going on, the number one thing that I kept seeing over and over and over and over again was all these different manufacturer sponsorships. I mean, like every manufacturer is still upgrading cars. Don't get it wrong, people. Just because people are going to electrification and a lot of companies are saying within the next decade, we're going to see the end of the internal combustion unit from that brand. It doesn't mean they're not still racing. Did you hear what happened with um, Chevy? Speaking of that. So they were like, hey, um, was it EFA? Is it EFA that I'm thinking? That that mm-hmm. basically controls what they do on the roads. I think I, I might think... be getting I think I might be getting the initials mixed up. But well, you know, one of the government, you know, facilities mm-hmm. or not facilities, but sections that work with road road car companies. Um like IIHS? Yeah. Something, you know, along those lines, right? For EPA? EPA. That's the one I was thinking. So you're thinking of yeah. Yep. Um, they were like, "Hey, EPA, we need money to work on electric cars," and they're like, "Okay, here's X amount of dollars," and they're like, "Thanks, you just helped us fund our new V8." <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see someone build a solenoid engine. It'd be so much cooler. It would sound cool. It would sound kind of like a V8 again. If you don't know what it is, Google it. I will after we're done. We still, we still got a couple of things to do. I'll find but, it uh, after. But but that that would be the next electric engine that I would actually be like, oh, oh, I want that. That'd be sick. But IndyCar, I don't want them to be Formula E on ovals, and I'm scared that that's the direction that they're going to try to go. Because what is it going to take to get another manufacturer in to foot these bills? That's what Roger Penske is really going to have his. I think honestly, maybe even his last. Real Screw challenge it. in motorsport. Screw it. Go to Dodge. Screw it. But how do you go to Dodge? How much money do you have to show to them before Honda and Chevrolet are like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. Now we're not footing the bill anymore. Like now he's paying them to come back. You know what I mean? Like I don't mean to be They gotta they gotta they gotta go to someone with an established presence in the American automotive industry right now. And there's really only what mm three or four companies outside of honda and chevy that have that toyota which they laughed at it back in the day ford which we already discussed is never going to come back you say? dodge who's 
hasn't been there yet. And they want high horsepower shit. That's the only way they're going to get back into any type of circuit racing. They've said that. That's the reason they haven't gotten back into NASCAR. If you guys haven't heard, which I know I did say, say it to you guys, uh, Junior brought it up on his podcast last season. Uh, I believe it was the Ben Kennedy episode. So for anyone listening that wants to go check it out, if that is the one, go listen to that. Um, they talked about it before Ben Kennedy came out. They're like, Dodge said no because they wouldn't up the horsepower anymore. That's the reason why Dodge ended up not coming back to NASCAR at this time. So I have a tinfoil hat for you if you want to put it on. Are you ready for this? All right. Ford does come back to IndyCar because Honda sells them their engine. And why would Honda do that? Because they already did in Formula One. And Red Bull have been allowed to continue it. They already have the proprietary information. A Red Bull IndyCar would be so sexy. (laughs) A Ford Red Bull IndyCar. I think that it's pretty clear cut in my eyes. What does it take for them to come back? One of these two that uh, engine manufacturers that are complaining is going to have to start to share some data and be like, here, here's how you build the engine. This is what the degree of the camshaft and all of your cam settings and you know your fucking timing between top dead centers and all that shit. All the stuff that you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars. People, you hear developing an engine. What does that mean? Think like an actual fucking psycho about all the little things that go into designing an engine. That's what you're paying the money for. Ford just paid Formula One in Red Bull to literally keep running Honda's engine the way Red Bull wants to, but with Ford money and Ford badging. So if they really don't care about slutting out their name, if it's not their product that's really being designed, so why wouldn't Honda already sell them something to bring them to the grid? I'm not joking. I really do believe that I'm calling some like bold shots here. I'm, I'm like, I'd be wrong on most of them. But let's be real here. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like this holds water, doesn't it? They're already selling the proprietary information through Red Bull Honda. Why wouldn't Ford just kind of piggyback off of what a Honda? You just said it yourself too. They run the same chassis that's over ten years old. At this point, it's eleven years old. If we start this season with it, which we obviously will, why not? Why not? They're just talking the engine at this point. But I, I digress. That's where I think we're at with Indy. Somebody yeah, has to come, and I think Ford makes the most sense. I mean. They got to figure their shit out. F1's probably the most stable of the... Well, F1 and IMSA are probably the most stable ones of the bunch. Because NASCAR's still got some shit to figure out. Like, why the hell we're going to go to LA and do the Clash? I just... I got to say this before we say anything else about that absolute dumpster fire we saw. Um, Logano probably had everyone in the entire NASCAR world in agreement for once. With what he said. Haters, doubters, people that love him, other drivers that hate him. He probably said one thing that got every single person in agreement for once with what he said or did. And he straight up laughed at someone asking him if it should be a points race. No. He straight up laughed. He goes, no. Never. What? No. No. Never. And you know what's going to happen? 27 cars on a track. What the hell are we thinking? In four years, there'll be three of these kind of points races. That's my fear. I hope to God not. Because this is is one thing NASCAR is going to have to listen to every single fucking person that watches, listens, races, anything else. 
you can't go to tracks like these and do the clash style event unless you're going to actually make it worth it to the drivers. Because like Logano said, like a couple other stars said, the only way you can do the clash with running in the Coliseum like they are is you have to go back to the original format, which was just pole sitters and Daytona 500 winners from the previous, you know, well, pole sitters from the previous year at any Daytona 500 winner. That's the only way it makes sense. BJ McLeod doesn't want to travel all the way across the country and run two seconds off the pace like he said he did, and he was not happy about it. He doesn't want to do that. No. You're running, you're running yeah. half a second behind. You're running half a second off in a quarter mile track. He doesn't want to so, sit there and do now, that. that same frustration to you, it just <laughs> for a little bit of breaking the fourth wall to our audience. We have written for our next segue from a complete, from easily guessable to complete unknown. Here's my same frustrations with IMSA. The last thing that I want to get to before we really get into the IMSA season this season. They kind of were completely guessable. Did anybody notice how, like, MIA, half of the field was in GT with IMSA's BOP and, like, the bullshit way of BOP they went about doing it? The Porsches were like, – there were no Porsches in that race. Since when are there no Porsches in the Rolex 24? That's like a Yeah, I'm sorry, track. but there's zero reason that the FAF team that was amazing last year should be running mid-pack. They were two and a half seconds off. Yeah, they Brent were Hinman was was talking about it with the Volt Racing team that they had just formed for this season. But that was a brand new 911 GT3R with a bunch of people that had only run GT3Rs for like the entirety of their professional motorsports career in any of the capacities that they were in that team. And they were so far off, it was unbelievable. The new M4, I watched Turner trying to, we all watched him do a um, GTD Pro entry for the first time. That was really exciting as you know, everybody knows my affiliation with Turner. I'm like, but they were screwed. There was the BOP was so wrong on IMSA. Chris, as somebody that also follows IMSA, please, is this is our next topic on this in the GTP reaction? Please, let's hope they don't screw up the BOP for all of this. Dude, they did with the GTP. Look at the BMWs. They were fucking ten seconds behind a half nowhere. hour into the race. A half hour into the race, they were miles behind. No, they were more than ten seconds. I think they were thirty seconds behind a half hour in. From an easily guessable to the complete unknown, and I argue with you, sir, that this was completely fucking known. IMSA does this kind of shit every time there's a new platform release. The DPIs were the same way, and then we had to have the trumpets up at the top of the, the Cadillacs, which became a staple of what you saw, the big, you know, the, the aluminum dots that you saw above the windshield. But yeah, what, other, what other major what racing do. sport does that? F1? Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, he's got to go let the dog out. Uh-oh. No, I got to oh. take that myself. Oh. <laughs> let himself out. Okay. Yep. Hey, don't slip out of your leash again this time. You understand? <laughs> Come on. Be a good boy. But no, I... <laughs> it was weird to watch the Acuras and Cadillacs be so... Fr- I mean, the, the Acuras were class of the field, hands down, 100%. The yeah. Cadillacs weren't even close. Um, But then when you look at the GT class, like you're saying, did you notice how Corvette was way more competitive compared to what they were last year? Yes. Because they built that car last year. They built that right. car for this year, for last season, so that they right. knew what they had to do. Right. And and that's one of the things that, like, I love about IMSA. I just hope that they get it right. Because there's other racetracks throughout this season that the balance needs to be there. You know, the balance in what the cars are doing is going to have to be there. I mean, their next race is going to be interesting because, yes, Sebring has straights. 
of length. But yeah, it's but they also have a lot of slow, a lot of like twisty, turny corners, right. and it's all flat. Right. The true season never really starts with Daytona, so they say. Right. Because it's all about just trimming out the car as best as you can. You know, you're only going to try and really make up reliable, safe speed, right? Safe lap time deltas, but just making it fast and the fucking straight, hold it straight. You open the wheel up at the end as the bank comes out. Like anybody that's driven in a place like that knows exactly what I'm trying to say right now. But the 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 real true test, and I agree with you, Chris, is going to be Sebring. And I very, very much think Porsche is just about to unleash on everybody. That car, I think, is the favorite going into this season. Who Who's the only one to complete the 24-hour test at Sebring? Mm, me, no, yeah. the Borgias. Yeah, yeah, no, they're gonna annihilate. It's not even gonna be fucking close. It's gonna be complete and utter destruction from the Porsches. Wait a minute, you said it's complete and utter destruction. That reminded me of a race that happened last weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all I was gonna say was, I, I was gonna say two things: cautions breed cautions, and yellow flag and car turned around. That's basically what happened. Bush clash recap. Two minutes. <laughs> it's the shortest one on here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the hell, dude? Last year was all right. You know, first time being there, new cars, fresh race, fresh, fresh cars, fresh everything. And then they come back this year and it was an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, the first half of the race went well, but the next 11 laps was a total cluster fuck from hell. Yeah, those 11 laps took longer than the rest of the entire race did. Literally. That was abysmal. And I think that, honestly, this that race needed to have so many less cars in it. And I also do don't understand, why did they design the track this way? There's clearly still room in there. Like, the fact that there's that weird double apex in there, they have to slow down so much. And why couldn't they add any banking? Like, if you're going to put this kind of money into the Coliseum, why not add just a little bit of banking and make it more of like a, you know, like a Thompson kind of layout where you've got these flat straightaways and then like, sharp banked corners that you can carry some speed through just have it banked all the way around screw it why but really like in all seriousness maybe somebody listening can tell me why not oh actually you know what i do remember hearing this because uh i believe bob pockris reported on it last year uh it has to do with the visibility for fans which really shouldn't be a big concern entirely but it does make sense as to why um and also along the lines of they would have to raise the walls and catch fences so high that it wouldn't it wouldn't work for like half the stadium. I would tell Ricky Carmichael to go build a supercross dirt oval and what you think the class should be. And then fucking put stone dust and three-quarter ABC gravel on top of it and pave a fucking road like they would have. And this is going to get me on a rally that, like, I don't want to get on right now because I know it's better for another episode. But why is NASCAR spending money on these tracks? You're just going to tear up as soon as all the haulers leave. When you could give a lasting investment to a real, like, grassroots track that I would spend, you know, your stupid what amount of money. money for aren't they doing that? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Where are they going, going, for, the Where are they going for the all-star race? North Wilkes, bro. Okay. Okay. Where should they probably? But that's go? one. But that's only one racetrack. Yeah, but if they want to have a clash, let's go in their backyard. We should. I agree with you. And I'm I'm gonna get you another point. Oh, wait, you know this... what? Even better, just go on the fucking God Legends cars oval at Charlotte. Fuck it, full send. Okay, the last three oh, races the... of the Cup Championship, all three should be at Charlotte. 
first round the bull ring, second round the road course. When we had Joe on here and we did that, what was it, two years ago? No, no, Joe said that. I said three short tracks. I remember this. And then I said the last round, should all, we all said that the last round of the playoffs should be three races. Yeah. Why are the rest right. of them three? Then you have four guys in the last three races, the last one race, one race at a place like Phoenix that like, Phoenix is like that kid that fucking peaked in high school. Like that track sucks. This is not good <laughs> racing. Yeah, Jesus no. Christ. they don't need to end the season at Phoenix. Um, Phoenix and- has a contract to win only this I'm year. Like- <laughs> Does Phoenix only have a contract for this year? Where are they extended past twenty three? It is, I believe, twenty four. I believe two, two more years of that cluster fuck for the final. Yep. Fun uh, time. But on the other hand, we're back to Daytona after the Fuster Cluck. Yes. Yes. Do you want my bold prediction for the five hundred? For more wrecks and carnage and bullshittery. Well, is it your is it your prediction or are you are you picking your driver right now? Or do you want to yes. save that for a couple minutes from now? Fine, I'm looking at the itinerary now, but. I I really want to say there's a lot of open cars. There's one open car in particular that I think could actually win this race. Pastrana, right? Yes. I think Travis Pastrana is going to win the Daytona 500 this year, and I'm not kidding. He's in a 2311 Toyota. Who finished second last year? Who almost beat Austin Sindrick to the line after all that running? Yes. I really think he's got it because he's – there's something that's happening with Travis. I'm sorry that I'm derailing this. I'm, I'm, it's fucking me again. But look, like Travis Pastrana is sad. He has said it several times. I know you're a Cindric fan. I know. <laughs> he put his Penske hat on as if we didn't know this last season. Constantly, he was just like whoring out Roger Penske. But, but in that's all seriousness. Wind cast, just FYI, CJ. <laughs> in all seriousness, Travis Pastrana left full-time rallying this year after the loss of Ken Block. Then he started hanging out in that craft, and again, you know, really good friend of his, was also a friend of Ken Block's, got him into oval track racing, and what did he do this past week? He won his first ever dirt modified oval race out of the fucking blue, dude. To, to be fair, and not to discredit a single one of those guys, mm-hmm. not yeah. to discredit a single one of those guys in the field who who do that weekly, you know, you all year round. Pastrana's probably one of the best guys to ever race on dirt ever so but not always in a circle and as a guy that is the same way you're a roger penske and penske fanboy i'm a travis pastrana fan oh no I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pastrana fanboy too i just think that him winning the 500 will whoa, whoa, whoa. i think honestly <coughs> he's got to make the field first i mean honest okay no him and johnson are easily making the field oh uh, there's one other guy that could because of the car that he's in but but I genuinely think Travis is going to be given something from Michael Jordan to go. And I think that he's got a, he's got something to prove. You know, guys like this, as much as it sucks to say, you know, we had BV on the show for a few rounds. Uh, say the same thing. You have to win races to make money. You've got to have money coming in if you're a race car driver. Travis has a lot of other investments elsewhere, but I think he's one of the only open cars that has a true, like, fire inside for Ken Block to go and do well. You know, and I, I hate to sound like that sappy fanboy saying that, but if you think that you know racing and drivers aren't a brotherhood, those two guys were homies, man. 
I forgot that there actually was two other guys that could make the field based on the cars that they're in. And what are you thinking? Well, so let's let's get into the open cars. Let's let's get into those guys. We'll start with the two biggest names. Jimmy Johnson's back. He's running the eighty-four for Legacy Motor Club with Carvana on it. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. And then, as we've talked about already, Travis Pastrana is going to be in the sixty-seven for twenty-three eleven racing with Black Rifle Coffee, which kind of has an ugly scheme. I'm not going to lie. It was very ugly. I don't like the car. Yeah. But then you have to look at this. Chandler Smith. Yes. Raw. Yes. Young. Yes. Unproven, arguably. He's going to be in a colleague car, an open car. That's a decent ride. That's going to be a decent ride. Yeah, on a super speedway, that that is a damn good car. Then you also have the 36 of Zane Smith, your truck series champion, a truck series winner at Daytona. Has some and an FRM car. The quote-unquote number one prospect. He, he, he is. He is the next man up. He is that next driver out of the ones that are not in cup. Before we go further, how many uh, open cars are there and two go home, right? Uh, so 40 cars make the field, four open cars will make the field out of that 40. So there are one, two, three. Yeah, there are six because you also have, oh no, sorry. He is racing no matter what. He is in a charter car. I just saw his name. That's what caught me off guard for a second. And Jimmy Johnson uses, uh, no, that sucks. Um, ah, yes. There is one more, or two more, actually. You have Austin Hill. We know he's good at super speedways. He's in the 62 for Beard Motorsports. That car made the field last year with Grayson behind the wheel. You also have, and this, honestly, you know, as Murica as he is, I don't see a damn chance in Connor Daly making the field. He's going to be a tough ass. That 50 car is the worst one out of the bunch. So who's gonna be the odd man else? The real question. I mean, you you got to say Connor Daly is probably the easiest choice. Well, after that, that's what I'm saying. That's Austin Hiller. I don't I don't want to say Chandler Smith because he could qualify on time. That's the thing. It's really hard to pick a guy out of that bunch. That's the odd man out outside of Connor Daly. Austin Hill is a proven winner at Daytona. Zane Smith's a proven winner at Daytona. Jimmy Johnson, you don't have to say anything. Travis Pastrana has the car behind him and the talent to do it. Chandler Smith, he's got a really good car with him. That that's going to be a huge thing to watch. Is that first guy out? I'm not really sure you can pick that guy at this time. We have to wait until qualifying Wednesday night because that'll take two guys from the duels and put them in. Or from, from qualifying. That will put them in no matter what happens in the then duels. Then we'll have... Four, You'll two, get one guy from each duel race five. after that. That's a big Because I... I... I want to say Johnson's probably the easiest one to guarantee in on time. 
I want to say that. Is this his first time in the next gen, though? Yeah. Well, outside of testing. Oh. So he has left, at least. Zane Smith has been in the car already, and he's going to be in a damn good super speedway car. Chandler Smith is going to be in a damn good super speedway car. Travis Pastrana is going to be in a damn good super speedway car. Austin Hill is going to... He has the talent on the super speedways. I don't know if he necessarily has the car. So I, I want to say... I want to say he's the first guy out. Connor Daly's the one that he's going to have to get up on that wheel and really go at it. We're hope though the sh- the fluckery happens in the uh, duels on Thursday. Yeah. So let's go to that since we're running low on time. Who is your prediction for the 500, Chris? All right. Let's start off with a bang because he needs to secure his ride. Todd the God is winning the Daytona 500. You want to show someone that they shouldn't take their seat from you? Go in the biggest race of the year right off the get-go. That's really interesting. Mike, who do you got? Well, mine's more of like a regular guy. Guy actually uh, has won this race before. And uh, he won the championship last year. I think Logano's going to take it down. No shit. I, I, the Penske cars are just so fucking good there. It's just unreal. I, I, I don't want to pick Blaney because I. Yeah, we don't want. I do hate that. to say it, but it's like he always has the best car, but something always fucking happens. Keselowski's a fucking bulldozer, so it's like, okay, let's go to who's like the next best. You have Logano or you have Sindrick pick your poison. I mean, not a bad thing, but it's like, I don't think Sindrick goes back-to-back. It's so hard to win back-to-back. So hard to win back-to-back. Logano, interesting choice. Now, CJ, we know yours. Give your full reasoning as to why you're going to take the, take the man with the least amount of pavement experience out of anyone in the field. Because I don't think he's scared. And I think that's the honest answer. He's in a fast car and he's not afraid. You know, the, the car is, is to a lot of degrees very forgiving. It's still a composite body. It's still a foam-filled bumper. You know, so as long as you can keep it under you. Uh, Travis Pastrana, everybody shits on when he was at, at running what was the Nationwide Series, now the Xfinity Series. But he had some very, very impressive moments, man. I, you've got to give the guy some damn talent. Like, he's, he just has it in him. As much as I want to see Travis Pastrana win, to give a realistic pick if we're going on that route, it's tough because it's it's Daytona. Like anybody could be anywhere at any given point. But I genuinely think that this is Kyle Bush's year. I think that if there was a genuine pick of mine, I really do. My gut tells me Pastrana is going to at the very least impress, but he's going to be there at the end, mark my words. But if you were to ask me based on, you know, generally the, the rest of the season, which of the drivers that are actually going to be going for the cup would take it, I think it's Kyle Busch's year. RCR clearly shows up to those super speedways with a car that knows how to win. They looked good at the clash. They did. And that was I think the one that, team. I mean, granted, there's only two of them. That was the one team that looked really good. I, th- I think it reminds me a lot of kind of, you know, I say it often, but Brady and the Buccaneers, a fresh start. What can a fresh start really do for you in getting a little bit more control over what you want? I like it. I, like I think it puts him in a smart is that, position. Is that your championship prediction right there? 
I don't think championship prediction, no. I don't think he's got it in him to get a third. All right. To be honest. Then here we go. Let's go with the last curveball. Yeah, and he he's never has, so now. he never will. He's fine with that now. CJ. Twenty twenty three NASCAR Cup Series champion. It's gonna sound bandwagonish, but I don't know how you get around it and chase Elliott. I mean, he's got the only he's the only one with something to prove this season. I mean, granted, Kyle Larson took himself out, you know, of contention last season, but Chase is the one that's really been much more consistent. You know, as much as Kyle Larson might be the more talented overall driver, Chase Elliott on that team is still the wheel man. He's still the top person there. You know, and it clearly shows. I think that Chase has to get it done and get a second this year to prove some legitimacy to his first title. But not only that, to, to prove his legitimacy within the seat. But let's be real. There's a lot of talent up and coming. I don't think Chase Elliott's in any position or any way, shape, or form, you know, to, to be losing a seat or any shit like that. But at the same breath, he is internally competitive. He's the kind of guy that clearly has beaten himself up and he cares about, you know, what where he, he – Chase Elliott cares where Chase Elliott's running. You know what I mean? And, and to a degree that, you know, he's running different disciplines of racing. He's doing different things outside of racing to try and balance himself out for the championship this year. I just don't see how you could really look too far past it. I, I think the nine goes for a second championship this year. I like yeah, it. I, CJ, I, like I, 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 I want to say, I, I want to agree with you on that, that Elliot does need to win the second, but I don't think he's going to win it this year. I think there's another man that's on a mission. He actually won last Sunday night. I think ah, you bastard. You bastard. He's you on oh, you season. bastard. The man oh. has Do you think he retires, though, if he wins he is a Oh, yeah, 100%. Man. That man is on a mission. He's going to go out and have – I'm not going to say a 2017 season, but he's going to throw out five or six wins. He's definitely going to – He's coming back with redemption from last year, and now he doesn't have Kyle to compete with anymore. He's got pure evil in his eyes, and I don't think I don't think Ty Gibbs will step to that fuck. I don't think he'll step to his teammates, and if he does, this is the difference between the Xfinity series and here. They will break him in half. They will break his legs. They will ruin your life. Fuck this year. Truex is winning twelve. Also, if he wins it, he's going to retire. He'll he'll retire as a champion. Yeah, no doubt. Truex is winning twelve races in the championship. Calling it now. 12? 12. Holy shit. So you got him like sweeping the mile and a half like 2017. <laughs> well, were they really... There's really the make or break of him getting 12 wins is if they could show up on the road courses. Truex will find a way. I mean, if Bell can do it, if Bell can do it, Truex can do it. I never take Truex for anything. He's winning the title this year. He's going out with a bang. And then he's going to run one year in trucks and say that he won all three just to be the first one to do it. Just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And then he's going to absolutely shit on that field. He's going to yeah. put up video game numbers in the truck series in 2024. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. I, uh, who, I who's your sleeper? Who's our sleeper picks that like, who could be like a surprise of the Blaney. championship? That's the real question. I, I guess you can't pick Blaney as a sleeper. Ryan Priest. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Priest is probably arguably the biggest sleeper. Yeah, I don't see either one of the rookies going like that there's far. A lot like, of, they'll, there's they'll... a lot of short and tight tracks near the end of the year that, yeah, that help him out. Priest is the sleeper. Yeah. 
Because he's that he's that next one after Truex in terms of that short track mentality. I just think, yeah, he's just got that racer's edge, man. You know, it, it's a God-given talent that he. It, I can't say it enough. I've watched him with my two eyes. You know, he, Priest knows how to drive. That guy knows how to get it done. He's in a finally, finally, a good competitive top level team. He could do it. He really could do it. He'll deliver. He had that opportunity before. He felt like he kind of got you know squandered it a little bit. To be fair, I'm not gonna lie, that, I was that so happy. Thirty-seven Go car on. was not worth it. Yeah, I was so happy to see Stewart finally put his fucking foot down and get rid of Custer and bring in Priest. I think it's a great move. Yeah. Now, one thing I will mention: I know CJ is not really a fan of the lower series anymore, but mm. another another guy that has to have a make or break year is Herbst, and I think he can do it this year. I think he could too. I agree with you on that. I think that yeah. he's somebody that needs to prove again. He's not just money think, buying his way into a seat. I think he ran he ran eighth most of the year last year, right? Consistently, uh, yeah, he was consistently like eighth to eleventh every every weekend. Sometimes fifth. No, he got rid of the top two Sometimes. guys, so he should he got be like rid of the top three guys. Oh yeah, Dinger too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dinger was kind of both ways. So, but you got to think they pulled Custer down. Custer's instantly going to make him. Give him a run for his money. Custer yeah, and Xfinity's kind of cracked. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but Priest is the make or break, and I think Zane Smith's going to go back to back in trucks. But yeah, I just think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, how about Xfinity? Do you think it's Custer's series to lose, oh. or uh, yeah, Custer, yeah. Allgaier, Barry, three of the final four. I can't give you a fourth right now. But it'll probably be it'll probably be Hemrick with his stupid luck. No, fuck no. John Hunter, Sammy Smith, um, Brandon Jones. Um, because you know, Brandon Jones is in the nine now. He's not in the nineteen. I think it's gonna be Meyer. And Meyer is kind of he's not on a make or break here, but he's gonna be Mayor, Meyer. I don't know how you say it. Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer. Yeah, because it's M A Y E R, not M E. Oh, that's right. My bad. Thank you. Yep. Um, he's not on a make or break year, but he's he's gonna have to win races this year. He was the only one not to win races last year. He was the only one not in the final four from Junior Motorsports last year. He's got to win races. Yeah, and you took out the best of the Junior Motorsports cars. Sure, he gave it to Brandon Jones, but like now you literally took out your best teammate. There's no excuses. No. no. So, I mean, it, it, you talk about my dislike of the lower series. It's really more the truck series more the than truck Xfinity. Series, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, I, I think that, yeah, there, there's a handful of people now that you just lightened the field to the extent that if you do win, that's that's almost frustrating. That's almost a little bit less impressive. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the Xfinity talent over the past five years is in cup for a reason. I mean, well, I guess it shows the ladder's working, but... Yeah, I mean, but then you have guys jumping from trucks to cup because they realize the difference in the racing styles between the three. So the only one so far that I think seems to make sense is Ty Gibbs going from Arca to Xfinity because trucks is pointless. To go from that car to a car, go from a car to a car, you know, go from something with comparable downforce and drag levels or just make it something different entirely. I mean, and I I think that's why um, Daniel Dye and eventually taylor gray taylor gray's a sleeper for trucks uh daniel dies a sleeper for trucks 
because they were so good in Arca. And Arca has more similar arrow to trucks than they do Xfinity with that big-ass spoiler they have on the back of the Arca cars. But I know CJ's pressed for time. I know Mike's getting closer on time. I got shit I got to go do tonight. So that's going to wrap her up, folks. Any last, any last words to the listeners, boys? You better subscribe or I will find you. And I swear <laughs> to God, you will regret not subscribing. <laughs> Mike, what, what do you got to say to the people? I don't know. Well, let's get the season started and we'll and see what happens. We'll get back at it next Monday and see we'll what the rip, tater shit. brings this weekend, you know? CP, baby. CP199. He's on it. He's on it, He's on it. He's Bleed on it. to smoke. I hope he <laughs> drops across the finish line. I hope he's just like, wah, bah, 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 bah. As long as he does some KAT, he'll be all right. He's got to do it. Ain't do no it. care. No, K-A-T. Kill all tires. Hell yeah. 4-3, baby. Everyone, thank you for listening. We will be back to you next week with another episode of On the Chip. Thank you.